Hey everyone, welcome to episode 21 of the Brosane Detroit Pistons podcast. I'm Carl Rosane. And I'm Alex Rosane. And uh, we're recording on the 8th of November, Sunday. Uh, we're about ready to start playing the Blazers, so by the time you hear this, we'll have perhaps had our fifth win of the season, but we've it kicked things off unexpected, unexpectedly well with four wins, uh, four and one. And I think it took until mid-December last year to get this many wins. So I'd say things are looking pretty good. I mean, they're, they're looking amazing. I mean, we we got to break them up, man. We revise our win projections for the year. Let's just let's just go crazy and overreact. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah. just, it feels good to be on a on a good streak. Yeah, it I makes me feel after last season having been overconfident. I think I, I think that I was pretty tentative in our projections last uh, in our season preview. I'm not sure how whether I'm ready to wildly revise them, but certainly hell. I mean, this is this has been fun, uh, and just to just to be watching winning basketball, it's just like wow, like it's sort of hard to believe and. What's, I think what's really striking to me is that I didn't realize that our offense is so bad until we were talking yesterday and going through things. I was like, yeah, our offense looks you know, not, not so great. I know our defense has been great, and that's really kind of anchoring us. But um, our offense actually is terrible <laughs> by the numbers. That we're, almost, we're like 27th in the league in our offensive rating, which is the number of points scored per 100 possessions at 95, and uh, nearly last in the East in 14th. Uh, and I think the reason why it didn't seem so bad to me is because when you're winning, it's you're, you don't pay that much attention to it, and, you, and, and we're still scoring, and there's still some some bright spots here and there. But uh, so um, before we celebrate the defense, Alex, like, can you summarize a little bit about what you've seen with our offense? I mean, well, first of all, it just shows that uh, our loyal listener to this podcast is are getting what they pay for. Because uh, we came in thinking like, well, the defense is the real question, but we know we'll be better on the offense, probably because we were just following what Zach Lowe said, where he predicted that we would have, we would have a, t- a better than average offense, and we were hoping it would be top ten. And uh, yeah, it's been heinous, and and so yeah, what's what's going on there? Um, I mean, for for one thing, uh, we're just shooting really badly. Um, so you know, not making the shots that you take is a great way to have a terrible offense. We're we're 28th in the league in effective field goal percentage. That's the field goal percentage kind of correcting for the fact that three-pointers are worth more points if you make them. Um, and and that's, you know, that's a lot of it. We're worse than the Knicks, the Brooklyn Nets, the Los Angeles Lakers, and other uh, extremely terrible teams um, on, on field goal percentage. But in terms of other stuff, we're about at the league average, right, right, right near the average on uh, turnovers. So it's not that we're being careless with the ball. One of the other things you can do on offense is you can be good at offensive rebounding and get those misses. And we're really great on that. We're second in the league um, uh, at offensive rebounding. And, you know, we'll, we'll mention more um, later if we, when we talk about Andre Drummond. But, I mean, that's we have a great rebounding team Andre, led by Andre Drummond, who's, as I keep saying, already one of the best offensive rebounders in league history. And then, you know, the, the, the last factor that you can kind of take into account is um, whether you get to the free throw line a lot. There's a, a measure of free throws per field goal attempt. And we're just a little bit below the league average there, 17th in the league at that. So it's like we're not, not getting to the line and we're not getting to the line a ton. So it's basically that we're really bad at hitting the shots that we take 
and that's made up for a little bit by being a good offensive rebounding team, but um, not not that much. And we're just we're bad. So that's kind of the the macro perspective. Yeah, and, and what's interesting is that when we had our podcast last year, uh, during our really fe- bad first stretch, I think the title of the podcast was "Our Offense Is Offensive." We were we were actually maybe worse than we were during that stretch last year. So um, we, we certainly, uh, if it weren't for our offense, our awesome defense, um, that has led us to some really striking wins, including a, a opening win on the road against the Hawks, who, by the way, haven't lost since they lost to us. Um, uh, is, is due to our defense. But one thing I will say about our offense before we uh, move on to the celebration of our defense is that it does seem like uh, our our starting lineup is not, is is decent, and and uh, Marcus Morris is is looks very capable as someone you can get the give the ball to, and he can ma- he can make a good shot, create a shot for himself. He's had some really strong games, and he's had some clutch performances, uh, but. Even when we're playing pretty well, on, or even when we're making shots, I'm disappointed by how often they're kind of like we just get we we, we pound the ball into Marcus Morris and he creates a shot, or uh, KCP drives, or um, or or maybe Andre Drummond gets a putback, but we don't we don't really get many assists. In fact, we're we're like 29th in the league in assisted uh, assist percentage, so that's not a good, a good recipe. All, all the best offenses, including the Warriors, like the Warriors are amazing this year and they lead the league in the assisted percentage because almost every shot they make is uh, a really high quality one. And the Spurs have a great offense because they move the ball around and have a lot of assists. The Atlanta Hawks became a good offense because they stole one of the Spurs assistant coaches to be their head coach last year and turn them around. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of stagnation and it really makes me, some of my fears about Reggie Jackson are, are showing up in these first few games just in terms of his playmaking ability, we'll, we'll break him down a little more fully later. But it just, you know, he 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 does, as advertised, get to the rim sometimes and, and um, be able to make layups and make things happen, get some get off some floaters and 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 so forth. But um, we're we're not seeing a lot of um, Reggie Jackson throwing alley oops to Andre Drummond off the pick and roll. So maybe you know all the opposing teams listened to our podcast and really got ready for that play, and because uh, that's basically what we talked about. Because that's all we knew to say. Because we're freaking amateurs, I guess. I don't know, but it's. Well, <laughs> I mean, th- there was something to be said uh, in the metrics diving into the last fifteen games of last season, where the pick and roll stats really did look good. I mean, we weren't the only amateurs talking about it. Was, <laughs> um, yeah, there were some pros t- talking about that in, too. In our favor, I, I think if you drill down into our lineups, what really ma- drives our, uh, drags our offensive offensive rating down. If you look at like our starting lineup and our second most popular starting lineup has an offensive rating over a hundred, and it's our bench really stinks up the joint. Uh, and our one loss to the Pacers, it was like our I think our bench literally scored like less than five points the entire game, and um, and also a former Piston, um, what's the guy's name? Stucky, Stucky just lit us up. Uh, so we were bad on both ends uh, when, our, when our bench was in. Uh, and if you, like, I, I think our our full bench lineup of uh, and Jody Meeks <laughs> is injured. He was like our our probably most potent bench player. So our our full bench lineup of Steve Blake, Reggie Reggie Bullock, uh, Stanimal, Tolliver, and Baines has an offensive rating of sixty five. So it's like yeah, uh, uh-oh. and, and uh, the. Uh, on basketball reference, you can see what the net points per hundred possessions are for that for that lineup. It's negative forty two points per hundred possessions. Um, <laughs> wow! Now that 
that lineup's only played 16 minutes so far this year. So, you know, we, we, we've, uh, you know, we, we don't do it that much and we certainly went away from it after it disgraced us so badly before. But I mean, that's, that's a, that's a hilariously bad rating right there. Yeah. And, and, and Friday's game when we beat the Suns on the road, which was exciting as the Morai twins got to face off against each other. Um, it was, I noticed that the lineups were getting a lot more creative. Like we, we pretty much never just have a full bench lineup anymore. Um, and we can talk a little bit more about that when we run through some of the, the game stuff, but, uh, okay. Enough of this, enough of the, the spinach. Let's move on to the main course and dessert about why we are looking great so far, uh, especially compared to our expectations and compared to last year, uh, our defense, we're third in the league and, and the best in the East and, and the points allowed per hundred possessions. And, and it's just, it's just a beautiful thing. I mean, uh, um, you know, to have our offense not do very well. And then I look at the score and I just have this like gut feeling like we're going to be down 10 because we our offense is sucking. And then it's like, we're up five or something. Cause the other team just is not scoring on us. It's like, you know, I forgot what it feels like to be an, a, a good team that's winning. Um, yeah. And, and one of the, clo- one of the really exciting games when we beat the bulls in overtime, <laughs> Uh, it was KCP having like a game saving block shot uh, on Derek Rose. It was like reminded me of like, you know, Ben Wallace having game winning block shots. I mean, I'm not going to go quite that far in KCP being a defensive powerhouse, but it just, it, you can get really excited about good defense if it's really helping you win. And, and it was like the, the bulls. Wow. We'll talk about a defensive grind. We went into overtime and neither team made it to a hundred points. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. we won. We won. I mean, hell, that's that's what you get. You get the result. And and just looking at the big picture, like how are how are we doing this? Um, or you know, what do the indicators say about it? You know, we can't really break down X's and O's too much. But you know, the, in terms of the other team's field goal percentage, we're we're better than average on that the, uh, effective field goal rating of the other team. But we're not top, even top ten. We're the thirteenth best in the league on the other team's field goal percentage. So that's not how we're doing it. Um, uh, we are tenth on, in turnover percentage, so we're not, you know, elite turnover causing uh, an elite turnover causing defense. We have had some pleasant surprises, like uh, you know, Stanley Johnson has forced a couple turnovers by hustling, and and, and Andre Drummond is really good at st- poking the ball away and stuff, but. Um, it's not so we're above average there and you know 10th that's not our calling card though um, defensive rebounds we're fourth in the league and that's just really great I mean we're so so that you know the getting offensive rebounds is kind of one of the second order uh, priorities for making your your offense good it, it can it's not nearly as important as the other factors but it helps and we just completely shut that down for the other team and and I don't think it's just Drummond there. We we seem to be have good rebounders in our as our new guys at every position. You know, Ilyasova is a really good defensive rebounder. Marcus Morris is big for a small forward, and he's a good rebounder. Reggie Jackson, for all of my complaints about him, is a is a pretty good rebounder for a guard and so forth. So you know, you know, listening to the, the coach is always saying, you know, box out. You know, defensive possession is not over until you get the rebound, and and we're really good at that. Um, yeah, and one the, the one thing that also looked really striking is the fact that the other team do, we, does not get to the line. In fact, we're the best at that. Uh, we're just not following people, and that kind of matches the eye test of watching uh, watching us defend. We are just very disciplined. We're, we're, we're 
in front of everybody. We make them take a contested shot. They might they may make it an okay amount of time, but then that's it. Uh, if they miss it, we get the rebound and we don't foul them. Yeah, that that fourth factor, uh, free throws for a field goal attempt. It, not only are we the best in the league, it's not even close. It, it's like we're you know I mean the numbers are hard to ex- express what they mean, but it's like we're way ahead in that category. So yeah, it's you know. So I guess what this can tell us as fans who just like watch the games and look at some numbers, our strategy appears to be just play solid defense, um, you know, uh, be opportunistic about forcing turnovers, but don't gamble. And just basically, you know, don't foul, make them make the shot and then get the rebound. And, you know, being a little bit better than average on contesting shots and 10th in turnovers, great rebounding and not great at not fouling. That, that's been a recipe for real success. And, um, and I, I feel like what that leads towards is, is thinking that this is about having the right personnel to fit together and also just ha- like coaching and system kind of me- meshing with our players. And, you know, I, I've always had this notion that defense is one of the few things that can be affected by coaching if you if you pick the right scheme for the players. Like if you have a complicated scheme that can – is good on paper, but your players are inexperienced or too slow or whatever, it's bad. But if, you know, uh, conversely, you can pick a scheme that's really great for your personnel. And, you know, um, that seems to be the case here because the other big um, theory for that we had for why we could be better than we expected on defense was that Andre Drummond kind of takes the next step and becomes an elite defender. And, you know, it's only been a few games, but I, I don't, think like i don't think that's been happening he seems to be doing fine and he is not doing anything obviously dumb but i see a lot of other guys on the other team make layups with him standing nearby like wishing he could do something about it in a way that i feel like if if that was dwight howard that would have been blocked or altered um now you know that's an unfair standard i guess because dwight howard's going to make the hall of fame on account of his defense but um does that match your eye test, Carl, that it's just kind of more of a team thing than, than Andre making the leap? Um, I would say maybe a step, not a leap. Uh, last year, I, I feel like it'd be more often I'd see him look kind of clueless. Uh, this time, I've seen both good and bad. I, it seems like, in addition to just uh, defensive rebounding, which is part of a good defense, um, I, I've seen him defend the lob really well. I, I like the, Against the Suns, they were trying to lob it to Tyson Chandler like at least twice he he anticipated it and, and jumped back and got a steal. Um, but I also noticed a couple of times where in a pick-and-roll rotation, like there was, I, I remember like uh, Chandler set a pick on KCP and left Brandon Knight wide open. And then uh, Drummond kind of stood there still in the circle and didn't really contest the three. Uh, and, he, and he drilled the wide open three. And that was when they actually came back within like uh, a, a few points towards the end. And, and, and right as that happened, I saw... SVG flapping his arms like a penguin on the sideline. <laughs> you know, so I'm not sure if I, from what I saw, I think he messed up. Maybe it wasn't. And then uh, also another, I like when Bledsoe got past Jackson one time, uh, it seems like if, like he, he came right over to uh, right near the basket. And it seemed like an elite defender would have been able to like prevent him from getting a layup. So even though he was there, he didn't really manage to block it. But then again, I guess if they, I'm not sure if that's fair or not. But so, so to me, I think it's been mixed, but uh, he doesn't look, like he's lost out there, that's for sure. I think that's a really fair assessment that it's been mixed. I, I now that you mentioned it, I remember them trying to do pick and roll lob to Chandler and Andre sniffing it out and, and poking it away. 
Um, so he'll have times where he looks like a special athlete who can really do things on defense. But okay, so he's taken a step but not a leap. And then um, I guess I guess this team performance and the fact that you know I think Marcus Morris is playing, leading us in minutes and playing a lot at both the small forward and power forward. You know, Van Gundy's plan to start him at the three and and have him play the power forward or the four, um, sometimes with second units, is really working. And he he must be doing a good job um, on on both types of players. I I don't um, I haven't really been able to sort out you know watching him and judging for myself whether he's doing well or poorly. He doesn't appear to be like a Kawhi Leonard level, like just suffocate the guy, but. Um, he seems to be fitting in well, and, and then Ilyasova, the, the other main new guy, he seems to be doing fine. He he he's really lumbering and slow, but so, he's drawn several charges already, and that's as advertised. He was that was the, the one thing he was supposed to be good at is, well, not a good leaper. At least he could be standing in an inconvenient spot for the other guy and get knocked over. Um, so I don't know. It's all coming together on defense. Um, Maybe yeah. other teams will figure us out, but it's not like we've been playing lightweight teams. We've played some some good teams, and we've done a good job. This is, I mean, this is just awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm tempted to check the the Blazers score right now to see if if we're. I mean, they're, they're they have a they have a good offense actually this year, surprisingly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, we're five five games in, getting good wins against both the Bulls, the Hawks. Uh, I mean, the Suns on the road, and the the last win was. Um, Oh, the Jazz. Oh, the Jazz, um, yeah, the Jazz. are supposed to be a play- contenders to make it into the playoffs. In the West. Yeah. They may or may not in the West, so, which and, means they're like a four seed in the East. Yeah, so it just it seems like our, our defense, uh, it's, enough, it's enough of a sample size to say our defense is definitely off to a great start. Uh, whether or not we can re- re- maintain uh, being the best defense in, in all of the East, uh, maybe we've taken some teams by surprise or something like that, but uh, it, it definitely looks good. Um, I, I would I will say that um, like it just seems like having the right caliber athletes at every position uh, makes a big difference. I mean, there's no gaping holes in our in our defense, and and Stanley Johnson also. I mean, he's been he's been touted by SVG as just being a good defender. Uh, his his offensive stats are underwhelming uh, to say the least. I mean, he he looked a lot better in the preseason than he has as, as an off on offense, but. Uh, you know he, he's he's getting 20 minutes per game. He's often in the fourth quarter. Uh, so, so we have some interesting lineups where he can either play the two or the three, and and he seems to be able to uh, stay in front of uh, guards, uh, shooting guards, and, and and is big enough to knock bodies with power. I mean, small forwards as well. So that that gives us a lot of versatility, and and it seems to be paying off in terms of him being a solid part of the rotation. Yeah, I mean, of our four lineups that have played the most minutes um the two that have done the best are our starters who are plus 18 points per 100 possessions which is you know which is really good it's i mean it's not the the warriors or anything but that that that's our starters are really solid um um our next the the other unit that does really well is just our starters minus Ilyasova plus stanley johnson so you move stanley johnson in at the small forward or the three and move uh, Marcus Morris over to the power forward of the four, and we're plus 19 points per 100 possession there um, in these first few games. And that's a mu- it's a much smaller sample size there. It's like less than 18 minutes so far. But I think what it it shows is that he can fit in with that team concept, uh, with, with that lineup, uh, just in the overall flow 
and just for, by the eye test, um, he looks like he does a good job of like, you know, just getting the ball, making the next pass that he's supposed to in our offense. Um, occasionally, if it's near the end of the shot clock, he'll like dribble through his legs and shoot a jumper. But it's kind of like, well, someone was going to have to do something drastic anyway. And he's had a few, you know, uh, really run out uh, in transition on the fast break and and get to the rim. Um, you know, stuff we saw in his highlight package from college. So those are his positive contributions on offense. But, you know, he's not making shots. He's he's shooting like 20% or something from the three-point line. And he has a, he has a ways to go. But he, he just looks like he belongs on the floor in the NBA. And it's just like right away you can tell we did not blow it with this pick. And that's the biggest worry we have, obviously, with any lottery pick is, you know, you the first few games you see a guy and you're like, uh-oh, are we going to have to start, like, telling ourselves, like, oh, well, you know, he's young, you know, um, Johnson's yeah, numbers are, are are really not good, but um, he he just looks like a professional basketball player and, and looks like he knows what to do um, uh, a, a decent amount. He, he'll get lost sometimes, and Van Gundy will chew him out a little bit, but he doesn't look lo- lost or stupid or bad. Yeah, and, and, and he, he seems to have a really good but, attitude about, I mean, just like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to earn my spot by focusing on defense and rebounding, and, and I think he has the potential to have his offense come around as well. Um, speaking of players who are starting to doubt a little bit, uh, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, I mean, our second round pick from last year, seemed like he could have been a steal in the second round because he was injured and now he's back. But uh, it, I'm, I, I don't think it's worth spending too much time on him. But the fact that Steve Blake is our our, our solid backup point guard and, and Dinwiddie doesn't get many minutes is uh, not looking too good. And 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 what game was that when I think he got he actually I think it was against the Pacers he actually got some minutes in the fourth quarter and I swear it was like five possessions in a row. He didn't like, he, he like turned it over and then followed and then took a bad shot and then followed again. I mean, like he just was, he, he had a bad run. So I, I'm rooting for him. Uh, he, he's the right size. He, he's a, he's a big point guard and he's like, and he is, he could be a good shooter, but he's not looked good. And it's the time the clock is ticking. If he can't be ahead of Steve Blake in the rotation. <clears throat> yeah. It looks like the game's moving really fast for him. Um, and, and maybe he doesn't get enough minutes to be able to get into a rhythm. I mean, it must be really tough to break into the rotation as a guy who's inexperienced on a team that's has a lot of veterans on it and so forth. But yeah, everything you said is right. And, and, and um, you know, every time he does something, I just like glance into that cor- top right corner of my screen and see Van Gundy, you know, turn around abruptly and yell at something at his assistant coaches, you know, it's just, uh, it's kind of funny, you know, from a fan's point of view to see that. But yeah, well, yeah so far, so funny. I was almost thinking about being him for Halloween and just getting like a <laughs> a gray suit and wearing a you know no tie and just like having my arms crossed like high up my chest or something like that and shaking my head a little bit like a bobblehead. But yeah, he's I love that guy. He's he, and I'm glad that his his uh, his sort of vision seems to be paying off early this season. Yeah, uh, and I uh, and uh, it seems like Dinwiddie doesn't really fit into that, but uh, <laughs> for now, yeah, because Blake, um, you know, sometimes he makes plays where it's, he looks like, yeah, he's a, a savvy basketball player. He can make a, a cute little pocket pass off the pick and roll, or he can throw a lob to Andre Drummond, but also a lot of times he just looks athletically overmatched, and um, uh, it looks like, man, what is he even doing out there? And, and then I remember that Brandon Jennings is going to come back at some point, and probably take all of the backup point guard minutes. So, you know, it's not a long run problem anyway, but it's true. 
Yeah, but but it does seem like it was wise to pick up Blake uh, in the offseason just to have an extra point guard in the rotation. Um, so, yeah, anyway, enough of enough of this backup point guard talk. Let's, why don't we celebrate Drummond? I mean, my God. He's had two 2020 games. He had 29 rebounds in, against the Pacers. Uh, he has more offensive rebounds, like by almost 2x, the next best guy uh, at 6.8 per game, averaging 19 rebounds per game. And, and really, like, he's just huge for us this year like it's very clear that when he's on the court it just on both sides it just makes a huge impact yeah we're in the top three or four in rebounding percentage at both ends of the floor and as i said before part of that is that we just got big guys who are good rebounders at every position but but he's just i mean uh, this um kind of snarky sports site deadspin had, had an article that i thought was appropriately titled andre drummond is a hilarious monster and <laughs> And it was just basically all about the stuff you were just saying, you know, 29 rebounds in a game. And um, they looked at some of the, the fancy sport view data and had this quantity called contested rebounds. And, and he's leading the league in contested rebounds per game. So I guess that must have something to do with when the tracking cameras see that you got a rebound and another player was also going for it. So he's not just having him fall in his lap. I mean, he's just this unstoppable beast. And a lot of his um, tip-ins, there's just like some sort of scrum that you can't even tell what's happening under the basket, and then he just his hand gets up there and tips it in, and the other team is so frustrated. Um, and um, it's just awesome to have him on our team. And it, it, it's, you know, they always say like you need to have one one elite skill to be in the league and two to you know be good or something like that. And I mean, he 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 certainly has an elite skill. And 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 that's his rebounding, and it's serving us well on both ends of the floor. And then, as we said, he's he's showing flashes of his potential on defense with with his athleticism making a difference. So, I mean, that's that's really the great great stuff about him. And and his offensive rebounds keeps us afloat. I mean, our starting lineup actually has a decent offense, and you can imagine, like, given our poor shooting, how much worse it would be if we didn't have that many offensive rebounds to rely on, uh, and also just like. He he just ends up with like fifteen plus points a game uh, on on pretty easy baskets. Um, I, I still am not super impressed by his. Uh, you can tell that he's more confident at getting the ball and and making a move, but he's not necessarily making it a whole lot more. Like sometimes he'll make a good move and make a good hook shot, uh, but sometimes he doesn't look so hot. And he's still shooting about fifty percent, which is uh, given his style of play is not super impressive. Um, but you know he, just. Just his his rebounding is enough to I, I I think he at this rate he could be on his way to his first All Star game. I mean I agree with you that that he really could be an All Star, especially in the East. Um, but <clears throat> excuse me, I, I also agree that fifty percent is um, shooting is really not impressive. In fact, I think it's it's downright bad for someone with his skill set, which is to say who should mostly be shooting layups and dunks. Um, a guy that Drummond is compared to a lot is a guy with um, a few more years of experience and more towards the in the peak of his career, DeAndre Jordan of the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, he's, I think he's literally shooting 70% from the floor this year because he plays with, uh, you know, uh, not only Chris Paul, but Blake Griffin and two incredible passers and, He's just like constantly getting monster dunks. 
from great lobs. Maybe our passing will get better at some point and, and he'll get more of those. But one thing I noticed is that, um, so one thing that lowers his field goal percentage is that he's doing a lot of tips and stuff like that. And that's, those are great, you know, generated from nothing shots. So I don't mind if he, he gets three of those and only makes one, like there's no harm done there. Yeah. But what really hurts is he, he's actually taking more shots from between three and 10 feet away from the basket than he is between zero and three feet. Um, he just, he takes, it's about the same, but it's actually slightly more. And the three to 10 feet away, that's kind of the, you know, shooting a jump hook or a floater type of uh, shot. And, and so that's the, you know, we're throwing it into the post and he's making a move or he gets a rebound and instead of passing it back out because he doesn't have a dunk, he'll try to do something with it. And he's shooting um, 43% from that range. And, uh, you know, that's, that's okay. I mean, that, a lot of guards will kind of shoot that if they're not that great at floaters. Um, Reggie Jackson's shooting a similar percentage from that range, by the way. But, I mean, he, it's really not a, a, a good quality shot when he takes that. And that's, it's not, quote, the problem on our offense, but he's taking a lot of shots from that range, and it's not a, a high-efficiency look. Yeah, and it, and it kind of goes back into our offense overall just needs to move the ball around a lot more and find open looks. And, and I think uh, the possessions we use where we just pass it to him and he makes a move, it's just a, not a great offensive possession. Ones where we just give it to Morris and he makes a move and he makes it is a decent one, but it still feels like, wow, uh, you'd hope you wouldn't have to rely on him creating offense like for our bread and butter. Uh, and, and we don't seem to be like rotating it around. And and also Reggie Jackson, I mean, I want to, like, there have been like, I feel like I've seen three lob dunks to Drummond in the first five games and maybe there's one more. But of course, I'm, I'm keenly watching for it. And when it happens, it's awesome. But I, I think there's only been like a handful and that and that, that there should be a handful per game, ideally. Um, yeah, he he has. Um, let's see, he has ten. He's made ten dunks this year. So the you know, probably some of those were offensive rebounds and, and so forth. It, it's. I almost wonder, and this is where you know, coaching and really knowing a team and and uh, being close to basketball helps. You know, and it, uh, it's been a while since I've been on a organized basketball team and on that team nobody could dunk because i went to you know private high school or whatever but um so i don't know what it means that he's not just only handle only um being satisfied with dunking on lobs and and putbacks um it might be that it's in it's sort of a, a price we have to pay for having him be such a beast on rebounds it, it's just like something that gives him energy and motivates him you sort of have to feed the big man or something and it also might be thought of as an investment in our future like we're not going to win the title this year so we may as know, well know. you know pay a little bit of a premium for uh, uh an insurance premium i guess or make a little investment in in him building his skill set in a real world situation and if you know two years from now he has a post game because we tolerated him shooting a bunch of these this year i guess that might be worth it um so that's kind of how i'm trying to process like seeing him you know shoot things other than his awesome dunks yeah and again it doesn't seem like it it doesn't stand out as like the big the biggest problem with our offense by any means so uh but it, it certainly either way uh, it would be nice to see 
that either decrease and have open up opportunities for the rest of our offense or he just gets better at it. Uh, I do feel like I noticed in one game him making some decent passes uh, across the court, and, and, and if, he, if he can get better at that kind of thing of, of keeping the offense flowing, I would, I would also love to see that because that's like a really great skill to have as a big man too. Um, I haven't seen a lot of that. Yeah, I think that that probably means that he understands the scheme, and uh, you know everybody knows where another option is to pass to if if uh, plans A and B are closed down and so forth. So yeah, that's a good sign. He's becoming a veteran player and so forth. Um, you know, you you talked about our offense kind of um, running down, and we end up having Marcus Morris do some sort of one on one thing. You know, he's he's shooting a lot of mid range jumpers. Um, he's shooting like you know, close to half of his, over half of his shots are kind of not layups and not three-pointers. And he, it's this weird thing where he's making all, over 57% of his, like, the worst shot in basketball between 16 feet, more than 16 feet away, but shorter than a three-pointer. He's just made a lot of those. And I, I don't think that's characteristic for his career. I think, you know, he's a fine shooter, but, you know, he's not like a, you know, oh yeah, what you really want to do is have your offense running around Marcus Morris shooting mid-range jumpers. So um, we're probably getting a little bit lucky so far. Yeah, he's a career 39% shooter from that range. So um, that's going well, and, and he's one of our few guys who is putting up efficient numbers so far on offense this year, but, you know, it's not sustainable. Like, he, 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 he can get a shot off, and that's a really useful NBA skill because getting a shot off at a low percentage is better than not getting a shot off. Um, and that sounds glib, but it's, you know, it's actually true. Yeah. And that, that I will say that, um, this again, small sample size, and it could just be that we'll kind of have the other side of this luck, but we've won more close games. I feel like last year we would find a way to lose almost every close game because we just didn't have anyone who could take a shot when things kind of got tighter in the fourth quarter. And our win on Friday, I think was a good example of, uh, you know, both Morris and, Reggie Jackson really came through in the fourth quarter and made some clutch shots and at least had the comp like, and we have, we have a lineup in a crunch time lineup that is not going to just like, uh, you know, have the shot clock run out or something like that. Like it felt like that would happen last year. Uh, it's still not impressed. It's still not, it's not blowing me away yet, but it does feel like, Hey, we're not going to kind of shrivel, uh, and, 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 and lose a lot of close games. And, I, I think, I think you're right. Uh, and I think you've hit on something that in, in crunch time, now that we're good enough that we're actually going to be uh, in close games at the end of games with good teams, it's good that we've got – we do really appear to have two guys in Morris and Jackson who have the balls to get off a good shot and just have the confidence to take it. And, um, and you know, maybe it's a low percentage and maybe we'd be better off with a real superstar doing that. But, you know, uh, Larry Bird's not walking through that door or whatever they say. Um, but – uh, on the other hand, we have a real weakness in crunch time, which is uh, Andre Drummond being on the floor. Um, there's some rule where outside of two minutes away from the end of the game, you, you can foul a guy intentionally and have him shoot free throws. But inside two minutes, um, you're not allowed to do that anymore. But we've seen between you know four and two minutes left at the end of a game or at the end of a half, teams do that a few times. And you know, we, I was ho- really hopeful his first couple of games, Drummond shot like 60% from the free throw line. But then he had a real stinker the other night. And his, his overall season average now 
is closer to his career average. Um, you know, it's, I think it's under 50%. I can't, yes, yeah, 46% from the free throw line. That's just disgraceful. You, if you're, if you're above like 60%, if you're at 60% or even 55%, you know, it, your, your offense can be decent just with your, your, that guy shooting free throws. You know, you'd rather have the chance to, you know, make a, make a shot and, you know, I, anyway, I would, it, I would um, I'm holding out hope though because until the Suns game on Friday where he shot like two for twelve or something like he shot really bad free throws on on Friday. Uh, before that, he was shooting a lot better and his his stroke looks reasonable. Uh, it, it, before it, it sort of looked like this tentative. My God, how's that going to go in almost every time he shot it? And now it just seems like you can tell he's been working on it a lot. So I'm hoping that it was like it got to his head. He knew he was being a hack of drumming was in play. Um, but so I don't know. I'm not holding out hope he's going to become like a 70% shooter, but I am holding out hope that he can be still be like a 60%, like good enough that that does not, that's not like a go-to move for the other team. Yeah. That's a good point about his form looking better. And, you know, it could just be that like his form regressed a little bit when he was tired at the end of the, the Phoenix game or something. It's hard to say. I mean, as I said, um, in a podcast during last season, you know, looking into it a little bit, there there isn't much of a pattern on whether guys can start out their careers as bad free throw shooters and end up as passable or good free throw shooters. Most guys who start out bad don't end up good, but it has happened a couple of times, and it's just you know it's hard to say whether it's going to happen. So you know, there there's a chance that he could improve. We have no idea whether that's going to happen. Uh, he got my hopes up a little bit the first few games, but um, we'll just have to see how it goes. Yes, and so uh, going around the, the the roster a little bit, we talked about Drummond and a little bit about Reggie Jackson. But you were telling me something yesterday, in sort of the comparison that Reggie Jackson, sort of some dubious company he shares in his sort of like high usage, low efficiency numbers. Yeah, I mean, so my my big worry for him going into the year was that he put up big numbers. Um, but sometimes it was just because he shot a lot and not because he was efficient. And then he had a couple of months where he he really was pretty efficient too. And um, so that was really like the couple of months that we were hanging our hat on and signing him to this big deal. Well, I mean, he how he's playing so far to start the year, you know, we, he's playing with two new starters um, in Morris and Ilyasova, and we, you know, maybe we're running some new offensive stuff. I can't really tell. But it's just not going great for him so far. He, he's he's putting up decent numbers. Um, if you just look at it, his uh, box score stats, I think he's averaging, you know, 19 points and uh, six assists or something like that. Um, yeah, close to 20 points and and six assists, and and he's a good rebounder, and he's he's hitting 37 percent of his threes, which was a real key indicator that you flagged, Carl, of, about whether we're going to have a good offense this year. Um, but it, you know. When it comes down to it, his offensive rating is just is is bad. It's under a hundred, which is like you shouldn't be getting a lot of rotation minutes level efficiency. But his usage rate is over thirty uh, percent, which he uses over thirty percent of our possessions, and that's the the level that like Carmelo Anthony and Kobe Bryant usually have, like guys who who have a reputation for uh, using a lot of possessions. And that combination, I, I I just looked at well, who has had a whole season? that has been that combination of like over 19 points a game above five assists a game, 
offensive rating under 100 and usage rate above 25, just to you know get guys who use a lot but not to overfit his numbers. And the people who have ever done that are, uh, there are nine guys who have ever done that, <laughs> or seven guys who have ever done that in a whole season. Monte Ellis did it twice. He has a reputation as being a guy who's a really talented, high-volume, low-efficiency guy who looks good on bad teams and, and his teams never win anything. Um, Michael Jordan did that at age 38 when he was a Washington bullet. Uh, <laughs> um, Ricky Davis of, of Cleveland early in his career, and he was a had a reputation as being a me-first guy. He had a big controversy for purposely missing a shot on his own back on his own backboard at the end of a game in a meaningless possession to get himself up to 10 rebounds to get a triple double that was like widely panned as being disgraceful and selfish and uh alan iverson did that during one of the years where philadelphia was bad uh gilbert arenas did that early in his career before he became good and efficient and then pistol pete maravich did it at age 30 uh during one year in his career so That's a lot of guys who the casual fan loves, thinks is great, has a lot, thinks has a lot of heart because he has the balls to take a shot and get a shot off at the end of a game and puts up uh, decent scoring numbers. But their teams don't win anything; they're disgracefully inefficient, and uh, you know they're they're not really making a contribution. Now, okay, it really sounds like I'm piling on. Let me just be the first to say this is only five games. He's not going to do this for the whole season. But th- this was just my like way to being a, a dead horse way of saying like so far it's not going that great this year with Reggie Jackson running our offense and he's really part of the problem about why our offense is so bad. Yeah, and I'll also say to be fair to him, I mean he's not looking great, but no one else on our team is either. I think the best offensive rating is Andre Drummond, who just barely ekes over a uh, hundred. And by the way, um, on, on, on stats.nba.com, Reggie Jackson is over a hundred. But but I think it's the, that annoying discrepancy between the basketball reference and stats at NBA and the offensive rating. But either way, he's he's not good. And but at the same time, neither is any, no one no one no one else is either on our team yet, uh, including like KCP, who we had high hopes for, who's had hit, been hit or miss. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm I basketballreference.com is just so easy to get numbers from you. The NBA.com is probably the official one or something, but. Um, you know, at least on basketball reference, Marcus Morris is um, putting up decent efficiency numbers, as I said, but he's just, you know, he's making 40% of his threes and 57% of his mid-range jumpers. So we'll, we'll see if he can keep that up, but at least he's, he looks solid and he looks like a solid player. Um, but but anyway, so that, so that's how it's going with Jackson. And then with the, with, with the eye test also, um, there are two things that struck me. First of all, oh wait, I'm sorry. Uh, he's, just to like, I, I know this is annoying, but I'm, I'm looking at the offensive rating on, on NBA.com is for a player is the number of points per possession that the team scores while that individual is on the court. So it's a completely different metric. Oh, I see. Okay, so I should. I should I, that, that's actually kind of a bunk metric. I, I really like the way that, that Dean Oliver calculated it, where it's really based on, um, you know, basically thinking about how how. How much are you really helping your team? So I, I'm looking at the wrong okay. thing. All right, no, it, it's good. Hey, man, if uh, if any basketball podcast is going to have methodological footnotes, it's ours, and, and I'm <laughs> proud of that. Um, but uh, um, the, in terms of the eye test on Reggie Jackson, one thing is 
he's he's hitting thirty seven percent of his threes. When he takes a three now, I don't have a sinking feeling in my stomach like he's going to miss it. Like he's made enough of those that my my brain my gut doesn't expect him to to miss it. Like like when uh, Josh Smith starts to size up a shot and you just shout no at the TV. So that's that's a really good sign. But the other side of it is um, Jackson. He doesn't look like a floor general. He's missed some guys who are open. He's pretty good at getting to the rim and getting a layup, which is which is a very good thing. But I was yeah, I was really hoping to see a lot more either lobs to Andre Drummond or the threat of the lob to Andre, uh, lob to Andre Drummond opens up something that he sees and passes to the right guy, and then we get a great shot because of that threat. So far, I haven't seen that. I mean, I haven't watched every minute of every game. but um, So it, it, it's early yet. I'm sure the coaches are making all kinds of adjustments. Um, Jackson's a young player. Drummond's a young player. Um, we'll, we'll see how things go. Um, as we saw last season, you can have wild swings and, and things going great and things going poorly. And uh, hopefully our offense will pick up and, uh, while our defense stays the same, and then we'll, be a, we'll just be uh, an elite team in the league. That, that would be tremendous. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, looking else, looking around a roster, I think KCP is looking pretty good so far. Um, he's he's he looks great on defense, and he's had some really really good games. He had like one stinker of a game, but overall, he's still looking pretty solid. A uh, one hundred eight offensive rating and um, shooting pretty well, and looking confident in terms of being able to attack the basket. He's had some really uh, some some awesome dunks and things like that. So he just looks like a pretty solid player and, and that's one kind of key that we were looking for before the season started yeah he's living up to our our hope that he he looks like one of our core players young players going forward playing solid defense making a contribution on offense while not being our leader at 22 years of age you know i'd like to see him hit more of his threes he's hitting 33 percent of his threes so so far in a in, in this you know early part of the season and, um, you know, he, but he's, he's made half his corner threes. That's good. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he seems to have a lot of our fast break baskets. I'm not sure if there's a way to look that up, but, you know, a lot of our uh, early offenses, you know, passing ahead to him running really hard down the floor and, and getting a dunk. So um, I, I'm, I'm glad to have him on the team, and he's, uh, I, I'm not really looking to upgrade that position unless it's some, for a real star. Yeah, and looking elsewhere on the roster, one guy we haven't talked much about is Ilya Sova. Um, one thing that's really struck me is that is is sort of how not present, like sort of not striking he is. When you when I look back at a game, I'm like, oh, like I didn't really see Ilya Sova much out there. Like he he doesn't look bad. He doesn't stick out as not playing well. But it, I think part of it is that just due to circumstances, or maybe just because of uh, SVG's confidence in Stanley Johnson. He, he's 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 not in during the fourth quarter. There's been a couple of games, uh, I think once against the Bulls, and then in, on Friday night's game, um, Tolliver was playing super hard hustle play and, and kind of got rewarded by staying in throughout the fourth quarter. So it just like, sort of like he's part of the starting lineup technically, but really he doesn't. The, the amount of minutes kind of has him uh, pretty similar to Tolliver and 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 Johnson. Yes, we we have kind of a logjam at, at uh, power forward. We we just uh, our cup overfloweth with uh, mid grade power forwards who can <laughs> shoot threes pretty well. Um, between Marcus Morris shifting over and playing minutes at power forward, while Stanley Johnson comes in to play some small forward, 
and then fighting with Tolliver off uh, off the bench on the other end. Now, um, you know, one thing you like to see is Ilyasova shooting forty percent so far from the three point line. Again, it's early; who knows what he's going to end up on the year, but. That was about the range we thought he was capable of from from some good past years he's had in his career, um, and that's really a role he has. That I don't see a lot of, um, you know, the our offense really clicking. Um, somebody penetrating or a pick and roll threat, and then the ball really bouncing around to him open, so he can shoot a three. He's shooting a decent amount of his threes uh, contested, um, at least by by my memory. So. You know, maybe maybe the rest of our offense needs to work better. Just some of the stuff we talked about with Drummond and Jackson earlier, and then he'll the the way that he's useful will show itself more. But so far, he's shooting you know four taking four three point attempts a game and making forty percent. That's about all you can ask for him on offense. He gets a couple of offensive rebounds too because he fights hard on the offensive glass. Um, He doesn't really turn the ball over. He's not getting a lot of defensive rebounds. Perhaps partly because Andre Drummond is a hilarious monster uh, on on the boards. Um, you know, the, you know. The other thing to say about Elisova is he he looks a little bigger than I expected him to be. He's just a real kind of Frankenstein-y stout guy. So there are probably some matchups where it'll be really good to have him be able to just go and you know push around a, the other team's guy. That, that, that's about it for him, I'd say. Yeah, and I would say. It's probably more due to us going small with Stanley Johnson and Morris than it is like having like I don't for instance I don't think that Tolliver is like a real threat to him as as in a starting lineup or anything like that. He just that he's a solid hustle play backup player. But uh, Tolliver, who uh, you know he's shooting like twenty five percent for three this year. He's not playing well offensively at all. But it goes to show that I think um, SVG really rewards effort and hustle and toughness and it's i'm not sure i mean it's translating to a great defensive team so uh i think that's that that will guide us even if someone like Tolliver is shooting really poorly he can be playing during crunch time because he's hustling yeah it seems like there are i i remember several plays where Tolliver was really fighting to front a guy in the post or diving to you know, tip away a post-entry pass and then, you know, diving to tip it from falling out of bounds or something. It seems like he's, you know, he, he's he's playing in a like a Draymond Green kind of way. You know, he's like an actor playing a poor man's Draymond Green or something like that, you know, <laughs> in terms of impact on the game. But he's he's um, little undersized but not super undersized. And he's just, he's a veteran playing very hard and knows how to play. And, you know, he's making a solid contribution. Once his three-point percentage gets back up, um, as as loyal listeners will remember, our 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 offense was really great when Tolliver was on the floor last year to open things up with when either Greg Monroe or Andre Drummond were playing center. Um, having Tolliver at the power forward really helped. Well, um, so Tolliver and Ilyasova and Morris all kind of fill that role on um, having that that fourth outside shooter to open thing open up the floor. Yeah, and plus, so you know our, our power forward rotation seems fine. Yeah, and, and Tolliver missed the first game because, or the second game because he just had a kid, and in the second game, I imagine he, he flew back and was probably had like zero sleep and stuff. So we we have a super noisy sample size on him right now over like three games or something like that. So I, I'm not going to read a whole lot into it. I, I hope he bounces back and becomes like a solid, can makes makes open threes when when he's in the right position. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Overall, I guess I, I'm I'm tempted. Should we look at the uh, 
Portland game right now to see if we can. No, I mean, the, you people don't need breaking news in, the, in this podcast. <laughs> we'll, 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 let's just save the surprise. You know, the, the other new guy who we gave a lot of money to was Aaron Baines, our, our backup center. And, you know, backup center don't really uh, sell newspapers or whatever uh, in, in terms of, you know, wanting to spend a lot of time talking about him. But we're paying him six and a half million bucks this year. And people raise their eyebrows at what we're paying him. And, you know, he seems to be doing fine. He, he's a low-usage, high-efficiency offensive player. He's uh, a, a large mammal uh, out, out there. You know, he, he's six foot ten, two 260 pounds. So he's the, the second heaviest guy on the team after Andre Drummond by a pretty wide margin. So, um, and, you know, he, he seems to know how to play basketball. You know, we, he gets the ball and seems to make the right play and, you know, has had a couple of dunks off of cut it, making the right cut uh, to have somebody pass him the ball. Um, you know, not much to say uh, other than that. I mean, he's part of that bench lineup that has a hilarious negative 45 points per hundred possession net rating, but we never expected him to be a real creative force on offense. And he's not one of those Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, like give him the ball and he'll get you, get you a shot type of guys. But I just thought I'd mention uh, our last, you know, moderately important uh, acquisition this off season, you know, seems to be, you know, fit doing what he's supposed to. And, yeah, he, uh, looks, he looks solid. And I think if it weren't for the fact that Drummond's so valuable and having him off the floor ever feels risky, uh, he would feel even more solid. Uh, I, I, I never feel great when Drummond's off the floor, but, uh, but it, one thing that reminds me that one thing I wanted to mention is uh, mitigating the, the, you know, the offset of when our bench is on the floor after, after we had that, Poor, our one poor game against the Pacers, uh, when when like when our our bench like scored zero points, and the last game, uh, SPG mentioned he was planning on doing this. We're kind of getting in this rotation where we never have like all non-starters on at the same time. So I noticed that like uh, like against the Suns, we had uh, Blake Johnson, uh, Tolliver, and Baines, but we kept Marcus Morris on the floor, and that gave us at least someone who could get a shot off. Uh, and then and then we brought back in Reggie Jackson and uh, and KCP, but kept Johnson on the floor for a while. Uh, so we kind of kept a bench guy in there. And then we rotated back around and got Tolliver back in and and well, along with the rest of our starters. So so it seems like we can, when the starters are out there, we can, tol- we can tolerate one non-starter. And then when, at, at worst, we have at least one starter out on the floor with the rest of the bench players. And um, so th- that seemed to help it avoid huge dips when we didn't have like our crunch time lineup in. It seems like um, that'll be, that'll be good for, you know, managing our minutes during the season. <clears throat> Excuse me. I wonder if it will hurt things a little bit in terms of, um, you know, certain lineups playing a lot of minutes together and, and, and getting into a rhythm. But I know that during the playoffs, it's really important to have a lot of different options in terms of, you know, versatility and um, having guys play different positions to, so that you can react to the other team's moves. And I feel like we're in a great position to do that. We've, we've had, you know, um, our starters play crunch time minutes. We've had our starters minus Ilyasova plus Stanley Johnson playing crunch time minutes. I mean, we've mentioned that um, offline that uh, Stanley Johnson has been guarding the other team's really, you know, most creative player during crunch time possessions before. He was guarding Brandon Knight uh, at the end of the game in the Phoenix series uh once or twice, and then uh, in the Utah game, he was guarding Gordon Hayward on an out of bounds play twice uh, during the last thirty seconds of the of that win. 
Um, so SVG trusts him on defense a bit. Uh, uh, and um, so, you know, we're staggering minutes. We're trying a lot of different lineups. I think that'll serve us well in the long run. It's one of those make an investment in uh, trying out different options. And, uh, you know, it's not the most important, you know, short-term trend, and it's not really why we're winning or losing any particular game. But I'm glad to see that the plan of having guys who can play multiple positions and throwing, being able to throw a lot of different looks at people, including looks we haven't done yet, like Baines and Drummond playing together, we could do if we're playing against a team that's going really huge, like Tim Duncan and LaMarcus Aldridge for the Spurs or uh, Gasol and Randolph for the Grizzlies. During a couple of key possessions, we could throw a couple of huge guys out there you know, anyway, that that's an example of yet another look we have that we haven't even had to use. Yeah, definitely. And, and just, again, and Morris being able to play the four or the three and, and Johnson going down to the two if he needs to. It just it gives us a lot of options. Um, all right, so, I mean, looking ahead, I, I think, obviously, I mean, I, I will say that um, I I don't want to get fall over ourselves too much. I, I think that our, um, was one thing that's interesting is that our record puts us at fourth in the East right now, we're tied for fourth among the teams that only have one loss. Uh, but our net rating puts us at seventh in the East. So, so, I mean, we've won some close games, which I guess you can't, we haven't like blown anybody out yet or anything like that. So I'm not sure how much to read into that, but it, it makes me feel like we could, we could have a stretch where we lose some of the close games and, and regress back down a little bit. But Hey, I mean, we were, everyone projected us to be about the 10th in the East and, and we're looking solidly, uh, in the seventh uh, or maybe up to the fourth or fifth best team in the East right now. And um, I, I think that I'll be, I'll be looking to see if our off- if our defense can really sustain the, our excellence as teams start to kind of be looked to not take us very seriously and whether our offense can uh, kind of start to pull it together. And then going forward, looking forward to the, to the new year when Jennings comes back and Jody Meeks is back from his injury. That's a huge, huge difference on the, on our bench lineup offensively. And uh, I think that's right um, in terms of the what we have to look forward to throughout the season. The immediate challenge is um, <clears throat> our record might not look as good in a couple of weeks because that Phoenix game last night and Portland, with Portland tonight, uh, or the other night in Portland tonight, uh, we're playing 10 out of 13 games on the road in a, in a stretch, in, including uh, this is the second of six in a row on the road. And we're playing some good teams in there and some bad teams like the, the Lakers and the Kings. But, um, you know, if it was, we really got to keep it together and, and win the games we're supposed to win on the road. Right? Now that we're thinking of ourselves as a, as a good team, we got to take care of business in those, in those games. Um, and then if, if we get everything together late in the season, we have a, a stretch where we play nine home games in a row. Um, this is in March. So if, if we have things in, in, in good shape by then, we're in the hunt for the playoffs, we could really, um, you know, ma- make a run towards the, the end of the season. But we got to, you know, we got to take care of business where we can and, and try to sneak sneak away with some wins on, on this this big road campaign we're on right now. Definitely. I, I think we're playing the Warriors at, one, at some point during that. So I think we can... We're playing them on, on uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, so I, I mean... I think we can count on a big L of that one, but uh, who, knows, who knows? Maybe we'll shock the world. Give them their first loss of the season. <laughs> They're like, their net rating is like 17 points or something. It's crazy. I mean, Steph Curry is an alien. I mean, it's it's, it's just uh, what do you what can you even say about him? But yeah, um, hey, 
we, we we gave the the Hawks and the Bulls their their only losses uh, at, at various points in the season. So who knows? You, so you're saying there's a chance. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there and look forward to checking in with you all in another couple weeks or so. And hopefully we will still be as enthusiastic as we are right now. All right. Go Pistons, Pistons, Pistons.